Well, good afternoon, Bob. Hey, Bill. How are you? It is August 19th, episode 35 of our podcast. You know, somebody on our staff referred to this as our shenanigans. I mean, we've tried to be pretty serious about this. Mm, Yes. And we've missed all of you. Where have you been? We've had a great summer, and today is a special day. Today is my anniversary. Joyce and I have been married 31 years. Well, happy anniversary. Are you going to do something special today? I don't know why I'm here. (laughs) Are you going to do something special tonight on your anniversary? I hope so. Well, that's good. I don't know what she has planned. Well, I'm sure it'll be something very special. Hey, we're excited today that David Harris is back with us. David serves on our partner care team, and he comes to sing an amazing song called No Need to Fear. These words are so on time for where Mm -hmm. we are in our world right now. David, come share your ministry and song. Sure, God will. 
Thank you, David. Great song, great words. Hey, we're excited that Pastor Rob Rodriguez was with us again this summer. Pastor Rob is on the Board of Trustees here at America's Keswick. He's the senior pastor at Calvary Bible Church in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. He gave four amazing messages from 2 Peter chapter 1, which is our theme verse. And we're going to share those messages over the next couple podcasts. So let's give a listen as Pastor Rob comes to set the stage for what we need to hear today from 2 Peter chapter 1. So like Bill said, my name is Rob Rodriguez, and I have the privilege for the past four years of serving as the senior pastor at Calvary Bible Church in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. And so I'm only 41 years old. I celebrated my 40th birthday last year, a week after I was preaching here. And, but I've been a pastor for 18 years. And, um, you know, and I told the staff yesterday, they should never let a 23-year-old become a pastor. Because I made a lot of mistakes, I made a lot of, of, uh, of bad calls, but I wouldn't trade any of it. You know, the stuff that, that Bill jokes about, about me, I think it's a joke, about me crashing a, a banister in, into his house, um, you know, those are very embarrassing moments. You know, I joke about the handbook being so big, but thinking back, it embarrasses me to think about uh, the, the, the really dumb things that I did. But in one instance, those dumb things are what led to really, really important conversations in my life that led to a lot of good things. And I'm here to tell you, when, when times seem dark, when times seem very um, confusing, when times don't make sense, it's in those dark moments that the lighthouse shows up. And the light of God's word needs to be something that's not just, and not just has place in your life, but if Jesus Christ is preeminent, so is his word. And so a phone call to God, a, a reading of scripture shouldn't just be that 911 thing that we do when everything else has failed. It needs to be the center of our, of our life. Let me ask you a question. Who here has been through a blackout? If you live on Keswick, you've been through blackouts all the time. 
I was talking to some of my missionary friends in some third world countries, especially countries where there's more of a dictatorial type of government. Sometimes the lights go off for days just cause. For them, just for the, the people to know, hey, you're not the one in charge. And they shut off the lights. And I just can't think. Dominic, thanks for asking for that song because exactly what we're going to talk about this week is the book of Second Peter, which is a lamp in a dark world. And I want us to see something very, very uh, important in the, in the book, the last book that the Apostle Peter would write about being a, a light in a dark place. How many of you have a cell phone? Raise your cell phones if you have it. Okay, make sure they're all silenced, right? So have you ever noticed there was a change even in the way you would go to a concert or some of you, you don't, don't raise your hand for this if you've ever been to a club, okay? Instead of raising the cigarette lighters, what do we do now? We raise the flashlights on our phone. Do you remember those of us that used to have a flip phone when the first phone came out with a flashlight on it? It was the most innovative thing we ever had before Facebook. Because if we lost our keys, if we lost a screw on the floor, if we lost anything small, we now had this flashlight to shine in the darkest places. Lights are so important. Because what does the light do? It exposes. It shows us the truth about where you actually are. The Bible says, thy word is a lamp to my feet. It is a light to my path. And the, the connotation that the psalmist is writing is the fact that, that, that the, the word of God is supposed to be like that lamp that only takes you the next step. So many of us want to be so good at being visionary and understanding what God has for us 15 years from now that we forget what he has one step in front of us. And so in order for us to understand how to move in a dark world, you and I need to understand where the light comes from. So we're going to look at the book of 2 Peter. We're going to spend a lot of time today in chapter 1. We'll probably spend tonight, uh, this morning and this evening on chapter 1 because I want to spend some time talking about our theme verse for this week. So 2 Peter to me is a, uh, a, a very important book in my life and I'm going to share that with you as we go through the passage. But just to set the context, I'd like us to read through 2 Peter chapter 1. So in, in our church and in my life, I, I like when we stand when we read the Word of God because I believe the Word of God is that awesome. So let's all stand and we'll read together 2 Peter chapter 1. The Bible says, Simon Peter a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us a very great and precious promises that through them you, might, you may participate in a divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason... 
Make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they've been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. If you do these things, you will never stumble and you will receive a rich welcome into the internal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 12. So I will always remind you of these things. Even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have, I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body because I know that I will soon put aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. For we do not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory saying, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven we were with him on the sacred mountain. We also have a prophetic message as something completely reliable and you would do well to pay attention to it as a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will. But prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. My friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks for standing. You can be seated. Father, I ask that you bless our time. I ask that you speak to us mightily through your word that you would use your word to accomplish what you want to over the next few days here. Lord, I pray that you would carry the message of Dr. Zimmerman through the message of Second Peter, through the message that they'll hear at their home churches this weekend, that you would make this entire time that's been focused on the word of God, beginning of the week to the end of the week, that you would make it one coherent thought from you, that none of us would leave the same way that we came, that we would be different because of the Word. So all praise and all honor and all glory go to you in your church. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. So, this has been a really crazy year, right? I, I remember... Uh, 
talk, I, I get to, to serve and help on, on several different organizations, some in church planting. I, I have the privilege of serving here on the board of Keswick. And I remember um, a lot of pastors saying the same phrase at the beginning, or actually in December of, of, of 2019, getting ready for the calendars of this year. And everybody had the same thing. We we're all making logos, 2020 vision. What's God going to do in 2020? And we had all these plans, and God said, ha, ha, no. No. None of that is going to be what you're going to do. On March 8th, we had a staff meeting with leaders to uh, think about how we're going to, to do things for the next quarter, and that March 8th was the last time we ever met in our building until we started to meet recently. And all across the country and all around the world, things have changed. But if you notice, it hasn't just changed in the fact that we are in the middle of a pandemic or a virus or whatever you want to call it. Things have changed that the world has gotten more confusing. Think about the timeline of events. And I'm going to go above Fox News, MSNBC. I'm just going to give you what happened. We had a virus. People started shutting everything down. Some people believed it, some people didn't believe it. We still had a virus. Things continued to stay the way. Some got better, some got worse. Then George Floyd died. And things got worse. Things got worse inside the church, then got worse outside the church. In the Northeast, we had a blackout. Things got worse. And all through that, we still had a virus. Things got confusing. For, for a pastor, for a, a shepherd trying to lead the church to find out what exactly should we talk about right now because of all the different things we were told in seminary, we were told in blogs, we were told everywhere, always preach to the idols of the day. And I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do that in 45 minutes. And so what a lot of us did is we had to forget the fact that some of us are from ethnic descent. Some of us had to forget the fact that some, we're finding out that some of our friends don't believe the same way that we thought that they did politically and then even theologically. And then we had to just decide, you know what? I just got to stick to the book. I have, I have to find out what does God have for us because we still have a virus. And a pandemic is not supposed to stop the church of God. Things may have to be done differently. Things may have to be done a little bit more safely. We have to be realistic. We have to have wisdom, but we have to have faith like we spoke about last night. But in all of it, the word of God still has to be preeminent. Because this world has gotten darker. And if we're meddling in darkness, we're not focused on the light. And in the first century, for the Apostle Peter, this is exactly what's going on in his ministry. And in, in the maturity of his years, right before he is going to be offered, and most scholars agree, he was crucified upside down because he didn't want to have any emulation that he's as good as Jesus. He says that there's a lamp in a dark place. And it comes from our Savior, and it comes from His Spirit, and it comes from the Word of God that we have. So Simon Peter, 
this rough, bombastic, really rebellious summer staffer type of guy is now a mature leader who has to tell the church this is the way we go. These are the things that you focus on. This is how you find light in a dark place. Because I don't know if you recognize it or not, when a room is completely dark, it doesn't matter how big the light is, that light will show things. And everything gets attracted to that one speck of light because everything else is dark. And if you and I want to have any kind of influence, if you and I want to have any kind of, of testimony in this world, if we want anything that we do to count for Christ, our opinions don't matter as much as the Word of God does. Our experience, colony men, Barbara's Place residents, those here, I want you all to hear me. Our experience isn't as important as what this book says. You don't know what I've gone through. God does. You don't know the situation. His word does. You don't understand. God will give me a pass. No, he won't. Because it's never been about us. It's always been about him. In all things, let Christ have the preeminence. So let's get into 2 Peter. We're going to begin in chapter 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. So most people believe that 2 Peter was written real soon after 1 Peter was written. And a lot of scholars believe that it was probably written to the exact same audience. And, but if you look further, it looks like that this letter is actually more uh, a general circulation than 1 Peter. And so, but one of the, some of the differences that you see between 1 Peter and 2 Peter is that in 2 Peter, he addresses himself as Simon Peter. In 1 Peter, he addresses himself just as Peter. And you know, so, so what's the significance of that? It may be nothing. But I believe if all Scripture is inspired by God and given to us for our profit, for reproof, for correction, for exhortation, for our instruction in righteousness, no word in this book is insignificant. And so why in the world did he say Simon Peter? Well, the theme of First Peter is more of comfort. It's more of, hey, you're going through trials. We're all going through stuff. You're going through persecution. Nothing like wearing masks, okay? So if you want to use the persec word persecution for wearing a mask, read the Bible a little bit more. We're not there yet, right? And so he talks about persecution and he talks about these things, but in 2 Peter, he's actually more abrupt than 1 Peter because he's, he's fighting what most of the first century writers began to fight within the church. It didn't take long for false teachers to start coming into the church and putting in their own opinion, putting in their own experience, putting in their own agendas and trying to change what the Word of God says. And so 2 Peter is a response to a lot of false false teaching that was going on. And the false teaching primarily that 2 Peter is talking about is the same false teaching that a lot of the writers were talking about, and that's the false prophecy of, or the false teaching of Gnosticism. 
And in Gnosticism, basically the idea is this, that there is a spiritual life and there is a physical life. Spiritual life is important, physical life isn't, so you can do what you want as long as you maintain a spiritual life. How dumb does that sound? But if you're living a carnal life, that sounds awesome. Because I can be happy, I can do what I want, but I can still have a relationship with God. And those two worlds never meet. So for some people who want to be religious, for some people who want to say, yes, I claim the name of Christ, but don't want to change anything that they're doing, they're trying to live in a dark world, but they have a flashlight that doesn't work. And so because of that, he writes this letter for them. So, so he calls himself Simon Peter because Simon was his name before, before Jesus said, your name is now Peter. And he calls him this little rock. You know, Jesus has always been the big rock. You know that, right? The church wasn't founded on Peter. You know that, right? Peter was just a fisherman who was just happy to be along on the ride. Jesus has always been the big rock, but he says, your name is now Peter. So in, the, in his name, he says, my name is Simon Peter, who I was before and who I am now. You don't forget who you were before. Don't ever forget where you came from. You are a new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. But don't forget what God saved you from. Some of us are spending all of our time trying to forget who we were. No, who you were is what helped you become who you are. But the only difference is if who you were is still who you are now, you got a problem. But as you see this transition take place, you see Simon Peter, and this is what he calls himself, a servant first, and an apostle of Jesus Christ. So this letter is going to have two sort of themes to it, two sort of sentiments. It's going to have the feeling of a servant remembering who he was in the past to tell his fellow brothers and sisters, okay, hey, I'm just like you. This is what I've been through. This is where I am now. Here's what I'm going through. Here's what we have to watch for. And then on the same regard, he's saying, my name is also Peter. I am an apostle, one sent and taught directly by Jesus Christ. And I got some stuff to share with you, and I may have to pull the apostle card a couple of times for you to listen to what I'm saying. And so we have in this, we have a, we have a, a, a warning type of theme, and we also have an authoritative type of theme to listen to what the Word of God says. Well, Bob. Hey, Bill. Do you know, speaking of Pastor Rodriguez, um, he is the one that was involved in leading Jordan to a personal relationship with mm. Jesus Christ. And Carter told me yesterday that um, he is his favorite preacher. Wow. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty That's cool. That's kind of cool. Yep. So this guy was on summer staff, <laughs> and we never thought he'd amount to anything. And now he's not only a pastor, but he's a board member here in America's Kazakhstan. It's awesome. I trust that you were blessed by that message. We're going to air the second part on Friday. I want to encourage you tomorrow at 2.30. I'm so confused what day it is. <laughs> we, we, we just got so many things going That's on. Right, right. Tomorrow at 2.30, Jim Lang will be back with the Ripple, Ripple Podcast, another testimony of God's amazing grace in the life of a resident of the Colony of Mercy. So we appreciate you joining us on Facebook Live, BoxCast, and YouTube. And we'll be back on Friday. Thanks for joining us. God bless. <laughs>